Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for that message of that manger. We thank you that you have given us to understand more fully what was accomplished when that Christ child came. We ask that as we go into this Christmas season, that those important matters of our salvation being accomplished and promises being fulfilled could be what would be first and foremost on our minds and on our hearts and that we could share that message with friends and family and especially with those who do not understand or know who Jesus is in their own hearts and in their lives. We ask that you would give us wisdom in how we walk and how we act, that others could be drawn to that Christ child. We ask that you would be with us here this morning, that that message, that this word could be opened, and that our hearts could be opened and receptive to hearing the word. We ask that you would be with the speaker, that you would bless him with strength physically, and that you could bless him with that spirit, that we could be encouraged and fed to overflowing. We ask that you would be with this community, that you would bless it, and that you would bless hearts with a need and a hunger for that Christ child. We ask that you would be with our nation And that you would lead and guide. And that you would give us people who would look and be drawn to seek you for guidance and for wisdom. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Anybody have a song we can continue with?
sometimes I wonder why I'm up here. There's a whole sermon in that little song we just sang. That little, we'll call it a children's song. And of course, <clears throat> we know through the reading of the word how how that little stranger baby, as the song says, came to this world and established an eternal kingdom that he will reign over forever. He always has reigned over it and he will forever. It's astounding for a text this morning I'll read from the first chapter of Luke the story of of Elizabeth and Zacharias and I know that probably every year I take this sermon at this Advent time but it's it's important in the Christmas story I believe and it's beautiful And it talks about John and how John would bring the message of of Jesus coming to us. So, I'll read from the first chapter of Luke there. I'll read from the fifth verse to the 26th. And then I'll read from the 56th. 57th on to the end. Quite a bit of reading, but it's it's all it all goes together. We'll read these words in Jesus' name. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because of, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the power, in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee, and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed. 
because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach from among men. And then going on to the 57th verse. Now Elizabeth's full time was come that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shewed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they, and they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt around about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that, that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet under the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. And from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one of us here, gathered this morning, now and forever. Amen. As this text starts out, it speaks of of Zacharias and Elizabeth, how they were both righteous before God. Zacharias is the priest in the temple, and... It says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless, and they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. <clears throat> we, we can go back to the story of 
Abraham and Sarah and a similar thing happens there and I guess they're both they're both miracles where Abraham and Sarah both sort of complain to God that at our age we're going to have a child like, like this is this just doesn't happen and it goes on to say that well Zacharias was it says it came to pass while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course according to the custom of the priest's office his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense when Zacharias saw him he was troubled and fear fell upon him as we see here in the next few verses Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying and it's interesting that as, as astonishing as it is for them to have a child in their old age that must have been what they were praying about because it says thy prayers are heard the angel said unto him fear not so it's like if I'm standing here or Shane or anyone else and all of a sudden an angel stands beside us this flesh and this natural side of us is just not used to that it would be so unusual so astonishing I'm sure he had never seen anything like this before the angel Gabriel who we, we read in the scriptures that he was alive and well in the Old Testament and he's alive and well here in this story and I suppose he's alive and well today he's eternal he's an angel of God the angel it says he, Zacharias is troubled and fear fell upon him he's, he's executing his, his job which was to burn incense the angel says unto him fear not Zacharias for thy prayer is heard and thy, thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John so here's this we might say elderly couple some of us here today are considered elderly by our our standards and that which we speak about we, some days I feel quite elderly and some days I feel like I'm 18 again but Zacharias and Elizabeth are in their old age it says well well stricken in years they must have been praying about this because it says the angel tells Zacharias thy prayer is heard and it's interesting how down here in a few more verses when, when Zacharias loses his ability to speak the angel tells him that I don't know if you'd call it a punishment but, but it's, a, it's like you didn't believe what was going to happen he's praying about it we, we like to think that we pray in faith and by faith and we like to think that our prayers are heard and we like to think that there will be some action or something coming from it and yet when it happens we have a hard time with it we don't know what's what's taking place 
It says, Thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We see later how, how the different people thought his name should be Zacharias, named after his father. It says, And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. We see that the prophets of old spoke of a Savior that would come. Many would rejoice at his birth. John was to come here. Elizabeth is now with child, or will be with child, and, and that that child would bring joy into their lives. It says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. We see in the story that part I didn't read, how, how when Mary finds herself with child, and she goes to, to stay with Elizabeth, they were cousins. Mary was, I don't know how the, the uh, experts in, in the scriptures and the prophecies and history have it, but they feel that, that Mary was very much in her early teens. And here we see Elizabeth in her older age. And they're both, we might say, miraculously, miraculously with child. And they have that in common, although Mary was with child of the Holy Ghost, as we read there. But when the two ladies greet each other, and Elizabeth is six months along in her pregnancy, and Mary is, has just conceived seed, possibly a week or two or a few weeks before this, John... It says he would be filled from the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. John leaps in his mother's womb for joy at being in the presence of his Savior. It's hard to comprehend. It's hard even for me to speak of that. It's such a such a beautiful thing. And I guess I think of, and I mentioned it at this time of year, how how people don't think that you're a, a being until you're born. You're just some kind of a, I don't know, I don't even like to say it. You're just a blob or you're something. You're not a human being. You're not a, a living soul. Mary had only conceived seed weeks before this. Jesus was there and alive and powerful. And he causes John to leap in his mother's womb. And it says what kind of an individual he would be. It says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall return to the Lord their God. I guess I mention it often how how Jesus had such a a love for 
his own people, the Jews. It says that he's going to turn many of these people to the Lord, to the Lord their God. John will do this. John did this by proclaiming the message that it's not me that is to come, but it is Jesus who is to come to provide salvation. I am one, he says, like Isaiah speaks of himself, crying in the wilderness. And, and it doesn't say it in that many words, but it says basically that it doesn't seem like anybody hears me. wonder if anyone hears me. Not, pardon me, not Isaiah, but Elijah. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. And we know that Jesus said that. Elijah will come. And people are wondering if... This, this is how fickle we can be. They're wondering if somehow Elijah is going to come back to life. And Jesus has to explain there that he comes in the power and the spirit of Elijah. And if you believe, if you can believe that, this is Elijah that was to come. Speaking of John. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All through the annals of history and the scriptures. People were taught and people were able to believe the same way we believe that Jesus came 2,000 and how many years ago. It's interesting how time goes because when we were children, we heard that it's almost 2,000 years since Jesus came. Now we're a lot of years past that almost a lifetime for an individual so that's how the years go by John was going to tell people that this Jesus that you've heard about is coming I'm preparing the way I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness in in Matthew I can find it. Jesus talks about John coming. And Jesus talks about those that went to hear John and, and be baptized by him. He says in the 11th chapter, 7th verse, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What went ye out in the, into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I believe Jesus was speaking of himself. 
some have felt that that he's possibly talking about those little children of that of that kind that Jesus took and sat them on his knee and said that they are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law have prophesied until John. And if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. That's how, that's how John is spoken of as, as being Elijah coming. And then I like this part. It's it's sort of sort of unrelated, but it speaks of it's Jesus speaking at the end of that same chapter, the eleventh chapter of Matthew. Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. That's you and I. He's shown these. There's nothing wrong with a person's wise and prudent. He's, he's got wisdom and he's got prudence, I believe, would be that he's careful about things. But it says that God has hid these things from those people. And he's delivered these mysteries unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me and my father and no man knoweth the son but the father neither knoweth any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him and this is Jesus message this is the the message that John was preparing the world to hear come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest we read in in Hebrews about the rest God gives us Jesus gives us take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light this is all speaking of what John was preparing the world for So John was to go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's interesting, I think, that that John looked like Elijah. He wore a leather girdle and camel's hair clothing and he wasn't he wasn't dressed too fancy but he had a message that was second to none Zechariah says to the angel whereby shall I know this for I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years the angel the angel answered answering said unto him I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, 
which shall be, fil- be fulfilled in their season. There's a place in the scripture that says that, and I can't quote it word for word. If I was good at finding things, I'd read it. But it says those that the, the things that are going to happen will happen. Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying for a son. Their prayers were answered. When the angel Gabriel tells them it's going to happen, it will happen. And it happened. And John came along through that. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. So he's, he's in the back of the temple, and he's burning incense, and he sees this angel, and he has this experience. And the congregation are wondering, I guess, why he, why he doesn't come out like he usually does. Something must be happening. It came to pass as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. In those days, and even even way, way back, as I mentioned about Abraham and Sarah, it was, what would we say? Embarrassing or something if a woman didn't have children. She couldn't bear children. And we know that God used we might we might look at this today and say, Well, this woman isn't in very good health or or maybe she's not eating properly or something and, and she hasn't been able to have children. And it and it might be that physical side of it might have happened then as it happens today but we know that God used that whatever the reason was to accomplish his will in different cases so she's happy when she's with child she says to take away my reproach among men then we go to where she has this child there's a story of of Mary and, and Elizabeth there and we'll go over that. That's part of the part of the Christmas story, of course. But we'll go to where Elizabeth has this child. It says Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shewed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. She has this baby boy. And it came to pass. Where am I here? And it came to pass on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. I don't know what the significance of this is. 
or if it's a, a breaking of some tradition that this special child would not be called after his, the name of his father, Zacharias, but he would be called John. Well, we see that when Zacharias was promised his son, he's told that I can find it here fear not Zacharias for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John John the Baptist we know him as so they were they were going to call him Zacharias he came to circumcise the child and called him Zacharias after the name of his father and his mother answered and said not so but he shall be called John well, that was, the, that was what the angel told Zacharias that he would be called. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. So all these months that have, that have gone on since, since his wife became with child, he couldn't speak. Now for an old man, that might be quite complicated it's one thing if you were born that way or, or whatever and, and had years of experience with how, how, to, how to communicate so he asks for a, a writing tablet they made signs to his, his father Zacharias how he would have him called and he asked for a writing table and, and wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all Elizabeth has said, no, no, we're not going to call him Zacharias. We're going to call him John. So she confirms that with her husband. And he writes on this tablet, his name's going to be John. They marveled all, and his mouth was opened immediately. It's interesting how, how this is a fulfillment of, of God's work in, in this story and in the life of of Zacharias and Elizabeth and we see then when he he gets his voice back or his tongue back we might say that he praises God he doesn't talk about the the crops and the weather and the everyday things that are happening it says his mouth was open immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God he didn't have any kind of human thoughts that might be so prevalent that, that I haven't been able to speak here for, for nine months. And it's been a, quite a trial. He didn't say anything like that. He just opened, opened his mouth was opened, it says, and, and he praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And the, all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all, all the hill country of Judea. And all they, all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What man of a, manner of a child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was upon him. When these kind of things take place, I think of, of the story of, of Joseph of old and how he had those dreams and he told his, his dreams to his brother brothers and, and he told his dreams to his mother and father. And his brothers mocked him and said, We're going to bow down to you. 
like whatever kind of a family relationship they had between these sons. Obviously, Joseph was kind of on the bottom end of the scale, and, and the brothers couldn't, couldn't take that. That these sheaves are going to bow down to this one sheaf, and it represents the brothers and Joseph, and and the, the different different things he liked it unto, and they say we're not we're not going to bow down to you. Don't don't expect that to happen. But it says his parents didn't do that. They had a little more wisdom. Maybe. Maybe it comes with age. Maybe it comes with life's experiences we have that we don't jump on a thing like that so fast and readily. But it says that they pondered these things in their heart. And it also says that of Mary when she was told she would be with child. It says she pondered that thing, that in her heart. That's, that's the proper way we should look on these things. says all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what manner of child should this be and the hand of the Lord was with him and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied saying here we have Elizabeth filled with the Holy Ghost when she's with child we have John who it's prophesied here that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb he leapt in his mother's womb I don't suppose any of us did that when we were being carried by our mothers filled with the Holy Ghost and it says here that when Zacharias has got his voice back and is and able to speak again it says he was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied I guess I just think of how easy it is for us to be so far away from being filled with the Holy Ghost. In in a week, how many of us have thoughts that are far away from this? Far away from the Word, far away from our spiritual walk, our Christian walk, troubles in life, trials we're going through. It would be, I guess it would be a miracle if we could be filled with the Holy Ghost at all times. God created us, and God knows who we are and how we are. And I, and it's, I, I won't say this is backed by Scripture, but I'll just pass this on that maybe it's better for us to see the contrast of once in a while being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and the rest of the time we we struggle and plod away through life and try and get through one day at a time. Once in a while we are filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's powerful. And it's refreshing. And it's building to our faith. So here's what he says when he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation 
for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. scriptures tell us and Jesus teaches us that if we strive to walk by faith life is not going to be easy all the time if we stand up for what's right often we might find ourselves standing alone I believe he warns us of these things so that when it happens and, and it does happen we don't have to be shook up about it and surprised. But we can go back to this word and say, yes, Jesus says this will happen. It's not something we enjoy. We might enjoy some love we have or whatever it might be. Maybe we enjoy a nice drive out in the mountains or, or a swim in a nice clear lake. Or, or any number of things we might enjoy a lot more than trials we can have in life it says he's going to save us from our enemies does that mean the enemies are not going to be there no it says that we'll be saved from them they won't overcome us we have power to believe we have power to overcome wrongdoing this isn't, this isn't speaking of, of the type of enemies that I, I think we're seeing these nations on earth fighting and, and they both consider the other one the enemy. This is talking about our personal lives and our personal walk. And we have things around us that can draw us away from the leading of the Holy Spirit or the blessings that God would so willingly and want to give us from the hand of all that hate us. Jesus says, if, if they hate me, they're going to hate you too. We believe in, we have this blind belief and blind understanding that Jesus is going to save us from all our sins all things that would lead us astray. To, for, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. His covenant is that as it was in the, in the days of Abraham and, and those old patriarchs, I will be your God and you will be my people. If we look at this in a natural sense with our human understanding, it doesn't appeal to us. But if we look at this with our eyes fixed on, I'll say, heaven's shores, it's beautiful. And he's leading us along. As the song says, some through the water, some through the flood. the other one but anyways all through the blood some through the fire but all through the blood we look at this in a spiritual sense and it's beautiful 
is leading us. This is the covenant. I will be your God and you shall be my people. The oath which we swear to which he swore swear to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might be might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Oh how the people envied and hated Jesus when he performed miracles and when he blessed people and they told them that he's doing doing these things in the in the name of Beelzebub or, or the devil and others said well no he can't be doing that Beelzebub does not bring anyone back to life or perform all these miracles and thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. When our sins are forgiven, and we can believe that, and understand that, and receive joy and peace within from that. This comes from God. He's the only one that can give this. To give knowledge of salvation. We don't just think that God is on our side. We know that. It's knowledge. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the dayspring from on high hath visited us. To give, that, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. He's speaking of Jesus here, but, but that John would bring this message. John would, would forewarn or, or tell people that this is, this is the result of what will happen. And as I read in there, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of the shewing unto Israel. As I started out saying how John's coming into the Christmas story is, is so, so beautiful. A new story, a new message about, we might say, old things. We know that when, when Jesus came to John to be baptized and... and Many, many people were coming to him, and it says they came confessing their sins. This is the message he preached. And, of course, then Jesus comes to him to be baptized, and Jesus didn't have to confess his sins. He didn't have any. I believe John baptized Jesus. John, John complains about that and says... You're coming to me to be baptized? I should be baptized by you. And, and of course, we know that the, the, the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is that baptism by fire and by the Holy Ghost. John says, I baptize with water. But there comes one after me who will baptize you with power and fire. 
Jesus says, suffer it to be so. Go ahead and baptize me. I believe that there, there are some, some elders in our faith that have, have understood this this way, that, that Jesus was not of that lineage of the Levitical people. And John was. John baptized Jesus and we might say brought him into, into his ministry. So may we be blessed by the reading and the hearing of this word. In Jesus' name, Amen.
express that faith in which we do believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. <coughs> Let us pray with them for them who will now partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and lively hope in eternal life. Truly, it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This be in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had stopped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as as ye drink it, and remember it to me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which was, and which is to come. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us all pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory, forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with Jesus Christ, 
body of our Lord Jesus Christ. So consider your blood of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken, and proclaim his suffering, his death, and his glorious resurrection until he cometh again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord. May the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken, and proclaim his suffering, his death, and his glorious resurrection until he comes again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord.
this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that thou of thy mercy would strengthen us through this communion in faith towards thee and in fervent love towards one another. Through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost.